0: the perfect parent paradox allow me to explain the very first tool that i learnt when i did my coach training 12 years ago was cause and effect and still i can still vividly remember being in that training room and the impact these tools had on me and just the sense of what was possible off the back of these frameworks and tools and models and so the basic idea of cause and effect is that there are two ways to live you can either be the cause of your own results or at cause you deliberately on purpose see your role in creating your experience of life or you live at effect uh, someone else is at cause something else is at cause something is causing your results and you are powerless so um you know it might sound that it's pretty obvious that of course you'd like to be uh, above the line at cause Running your results, but where this gets interesting is all the insidious and subtle ways in which we give away power, in which we live with the illusion of no choice, in which we position ourselves as a victim being impacted by what's going on around us without even knowing, and in doing so lose all ability to control our results, uh, and then uh, live with blame and excuse instead. So... When it comes to reviewing the data of your life, and I know it's a surprise, I know you're not going to want to go back. And as I say to people all the time, I, I never, as a coach, I never go back with my clients. I never go back into the, the murky, scary, uh, troublesome past, except when it's necessary. And it's always necessary. So, you know, of course we're going back in in reviewing the key part of going back into your past which will be your childhood you know the role of your parents is central to your childhood experience so of course they are two of the powerful figures in your upbringing and therefore two of the two of the powerful figures in your psyche your belief structure and the your identity the essence of how you became you so reviewing your relationship with your parents is central to being an adult it's central to setting yourself free and living unhindered now, when I watch people do that review, the, the subtle way in which people position themselves as a victim is, is really surprising, and, uh, in, and in doing so, they lose all power to change their past and change the impact their past had on them. So the cool thing around the cause and effect model is that you're actually never a victim unless you'd like to be, and there are great advantages to being a victim. There are there are great rewards for being able to blame someone else or having an excuse. It's, it's a safe place to hide and the direction of attention is never on you so you can never be found out. Um, you get pity. You, you, your ego is feathered. There's a bunch of cool things that happen as the victim. So if you'd like to be the victim, please don't let me stop you, honestly. Uh, and if you say you don't want to be the victim, I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not you're sure of what you are Asking for because um, blame and excuse is easy, responsibility and choice is hard. So stepping above the line and being fully at cause is the most difficult thing you'll ever do. Also the most liberating and empowering. So, you know, of course, that's where all the, the action happens. Um, but when reviewing your the impact your parents had, one of the most subtle but problematic traps people fall into is the sense that if only their parents had been better, their life also would have been better or easier if, if parents had loved better, if parents had modelled better, if parents had equipped better, if parents had been there more, if parents had known how to have difficult conversations, if parents had modelled conflict, whatever your version of that is. And and often that version is tempered by the comparison of other people's parents or parents you saw in movies or in books, which gives you a reference point to know that your parents didn't do a great job. Um, but, but along with this, This comparison and this sense that if your parents did better, you'd be okay. Is this idea that, um, you know, perfect parents can somehow prevent their child from picking up dysfunction, hurt, limiting beliefs, and any kind of woundedness? But that's not how it works. And the purpose of today's 10 Minute Tuesday is to give you more awareness around the logic. Of the perfect parent paradox, so that you can actually understand what it is you think you want, and if you could understand it, I'm not so sure that you would want it, and perhaps you would you would actually want what you already had, which might surprise you incredibly. Um, so, here's here's how this works archetypally. Um, if you think about the role of archetypes is that they are character generalizations that that help you understand the way a person acts in the world what, what to think about their role what to expect from them and also what to receive from them so if you think about the bully victim when whenever you see that you understand that there's a tension that's created in that archetype and there are three types of resolution and um, the strongest Resolution is that the victim stands up, punches the bully in the nose, and uh, finds their power at great personal cost and great personal risk. The medium resolution is that the bully goes to a spiritual retreat, comes back a changed person, and then makes the victim's path easier. And the weakest resolution of that tension is someone steps in and rescues that victim and, and helps them escape Um in the medium and the easy resolution, the victim hasn't had to do anything and so does not grow in any way and therefore does not receive the bully's gift. In the strongest resolution, because it's so hard and so costly, if that victim digs to the depths of their being and realises that they do not want to be treated or oppressed or bullied or abused and that they won't, no matter what comes next and, and they find a way out, they will never be a victim ever again. And, in, and so they, they receive the bully's gift. Now, archetypally, the parent-child is an archetype. You know, you've all got your own, we've all got our own version of that, your parents and you are their child. But the generalization of parent-child, when you hear that, you kind of understand all that's entailed in that. The central component of the parent-child archetype and and the role of the parent is to know best, to know more than, to, to have the keys Of information and knowledge and understanding that the child is lacking, and you know the parent says, you know, don't wear that, don't eat that, do go to this school, don't talk to that person, do choose this college degree, do buy this card, don't, um, you know, move to that country. Like they parents know best. That's the archetype. Now, the archetypal gift is for the child to know best, and just as the uh, the bully victim archetype is played out you know the the more difficult the bully makes it for the victim to find their power the more profound their gift is the same is true for the parent so the harder it is for a for a child to know best in their own eyes the harder the parent makes it for that child to do that the more profound it is when the child actually does so keep keep with me here play this one through so the perfect parent is just a as difficult as the absent parent in terms of helping a child do that it doesn't get harder for a child so (laughs) you you think that if you had a perfect parent would have been easier no that's not true that's the hardest it gets because if you have a perfect parent who's always there who's always loving who's always kind who's always wise who never inflicts a wound who's always measured in their response who uh, gives you wisdom about the path to choose they Present a very significant obstacle to the child ever imagining they could get it right, because they've done it so well. I've seen I've seen friends who, um, their their dad, female friends whose dad was so present and loving, and, and kind that they've never been able to find a partner who could replicate what they saw in their dad. They've made it very very difficult for the for them to trust their own judgment around selecting a partner because what they saw modeled was so perfect. Um, Others who've had parents who are very smart, very intelligent, very wise, That because they're so wise and so intelligent and so good, the the child naturally doubts that they could ever be that good, that wise, that strong, that smart, and so are constantly doubting, second-guessing, questioning their own map of the world, their own judgment, and always outsourcing and always referring, always seeking that external validation and approval from mum or dad. At the other end of the spectrum, the absent parent, they also are incredibly difficult to receive the gift from because they still, although it's a bit more subtle, they still run the same archetypal pattern that they know best. So the unconscious assumption is their absence is a form of knowing best, that they are demonstrating by their absence and their knowing best that if you were actually worthy of love, if you were actually a good person if you actually deserved happiness then they would be here but because they're not and they know best they prove who you really are and that you're worthless you're no good you're not deserving so the the point is both the the absent parent and the perfect parent provide incredible challenges for the child to ever fully step up and be their own person with nothing to prove and nothing to defend now there are some who've tried to take the shortcut but have a chip on their shoulder, are reactionary, are compensating, overcompensating for a perfect parent or an absent parent and tell you that they're free um, but they're not. And you watch the amount of energy that gets directed into proving and, defend- and defending um, when you listen to them, when you watch them or their motivations and they are still deeply connected. Now remember, Freud, he was the first to say that the single greatest challenge a human will face is to break free from the nest and to become their own person, and most people never will. And all dysfunction comes from uh, those, the interplay of the parent-child relationship that hasn't found an exit point and, and the child hasn't received the gift. So, uh, the, the, the parent who is easiest to receive the gift from is the half-assed parent, which is which is surprising because, you know, if you're a parent yourself, you'll be listening to this with one ear, paying attention to what that means for you reviewing your childhood and thinking about your parents. But you won't be able to avoid thinking about what this means for your children and your role as a parent. And your unconscious commitment to being perfect as your best chance of serving your child is misplaced. Uh, Obviously, you want to do a good job, but the, the better your job is, the more dominant you are, the more perfect you are, and the more energy you put into being perfect, the harder you will make it for your child to ever become their own person. So, uh, you know, if you hear nothing, to take a bit of pressure off yourself and and go back to half asking it as a parent, because the, the parent who half asses their way through life, uh, the child will automatically assumes they could do it better and often do. Um, now, Now, don't hear me suggest that half assing is actually the way to go. You know, the, the point of what I'm saying is that life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. And when you see that, everything changes. So rather than wishing it were different rather than wishing it were better, rather than wishing it were anything other than it was, to realize it was the way that it was, and because the way that it was, it was a gift to you. And when you see that, you then thank your parents for their dysfunction, whether their dysfunction displayed in perfection or absence or somewhere in the middle, that was their gift to you, ultimately, so that you could break free from the nest, reference your own opinion, trust your own judgment, and become wise in your own eyes, to to trust your map of the world to be the one who knows best for you no child escapes their childhood without woundedness and dysfunction perfect parents do not protect their child their child from insecurity that is not how it works the more perfect the more insecure often the case so uh, be that as it may You actually wouldn't want it to be any different anyway. You wouldn't want to escape your childhood without woundedness. The fact that you have woundedness is the opportunity for the adult to do good work and to do good work in your own space, to demonstrate your own strength, your own maturity, your own love, your own kindness, your own wisdom by giving it to yourself. There is no greater place to demonstrate that. And if there was no opportunity to do that through woundedness and insecurity, then where are you supposed to demonstrate that strength and that skill? This is how this is set up. It's for your good. Life happens for you, not to you. When you see that, you get the gift, you get to go free, and the world, the collective consciousness of the world is increased. I hope that's useful. I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to the Insecurity Project Podcast. All you need to solve any problem is the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works. If this is your year to be insecurity-free, Jump on the insecurityproject.com and begin your journey to become unhindered by getting a free copy of the 7 Essential Practices for Overcoming Insecurity.